Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. So, Derek, I'm yes. not going to ask you what's new this week because. <laughs> well, we both know what's new. We're we're here at the Quiet Water Symposium in East Lansing, Michigan. It's the 24th annual. 24th annual. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, big big deal for us here because usually we wander these events and then we take pictures yeah. and chat with people and take notes and then we come back to the, the studio and we actually talk about it. And this um, time we have a booth. We've got everything, our, our entire mobile studio. Yes. It, which is probably pretty much our entire regular studio. Yes, just exactly. And what, but what's interesting about it and what's going to be challenged to get used to is the fact that... Uh, like normally we're in a uh, soundproofed room, sort of, and and so and so, and uh, now we have like birds chirping, people laughing. There's a huge ventilation duct above us that's just blowing like crazy. So, so the uh, the audio ain't going to be that clean. No, you know what though? I, th- I think we'll we won't have too much of a problem. So, so everybody, if you're wondering why this is so noisy, now you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just checking it out, see what happens. But we've got a few people lined up for interviews. Yeah. And uh, we've got John Van Berger over across from us. He's doing his Outdoor Kind booth. And he's playing Jerry Vandiver music. Um, we, we think he's a bit of a hack because we're actually going to get Jerry Vandiver. We're actually going to have the yeah. man in yeah. our booth. John can have his recording. We're actually going to have the man in, in our booth. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we, yeah, we've talked to a couple people here. And they say, yeah, I'd love to do your interview. So... I don't yeah. know who's all going to make it because people are doing uh, presentations at the same time, yes. right? So we're yeah, but we're going to be set for the next six months for shows. Oh, I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> at least yes. So yeah, you know what? It was a pretty good uh, trip down here yesterday. Um, we did the the White Castle. We stopped in Flint, <laughs> Michigan. We didn't drink the water. Don't worry, everybody says don't drink yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we stopped at White Castle. We had some sliders, some cheeseburger sliders, and yeah. Uh, we, we drove down with Pamper Christina. She she got yes. a ride with us. Yeah, and she had the fish. No, not the fish. The the chicken. The chicken sliders. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah. and she, everybody seemed to enjoy those as well. And we, well, uh, we, White we, Castle was like a dream come true for me. Well, me too. <laughs> I've never been before. Sean and Derek go to White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't end up in Guantanamo. No, no, no. So yeah, that was you know what I've I've always heard about White Castle and I've never been. Yeah. So it, it's become a bit of a joke. Like, hey, exactly. we're going to White Castle. We're going yeah. to White Castle. And uh, <laughs> I, I've been to, I've been to two White Castles previous. One was closed for bit for the day. Yes. And the other was under renovation. So <laughs> thirty three times a charm. And uh, yeah, you know what? The thing that got got me. They're decent burgers. I mean, for what they are, little greasy sliders, right? Yeah. So I mean, if you just want a quick little go grab something, perfect for kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what got me is turning around and watching that lady build those cardboard suitcases. Oh, I know. For like 20, 30 sliders. Yeah, you can get ten packs of 10, 20, 30. Yeah. So you end up with a little suitcase with 30 little hamburgers in it. Awesome. <laughs> Lunch for the rest of the week. And then you stop at Timmy's, and they do have Timmy's in Michigan. Yes. Here. And you can just get yourself a like, couple dozen donuts. <laughs> oh, you'd be set for all day. Stop every morning. Yeah. My lunch cholesterol and is climbing as we speak. Cholesterol <laughs> and sugar levels. Yeah. But no, that, you know what? That was, that was pretty cool getting there. We got stopped at the border as well. And, uh, oh, I just got past a note. Uh, you are not fooling anyone. We know you are talking about horticulture and it 
the impact on little people in Quebec. Yeah, that was our foreign correspondent who has a booth right across yes. from us. John Van Berger. They're harassing us. He's just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we stopped at the border. Uh, we went in and had a chit chat with those people. Uh, fingers were not placed in places where fingers should not be. Uh, no problems there. They just, you know, yeah. doing your check and across the border we came. And what else did we do? That was it. That yeah, was it was for, pretty straightforward. It was oh, a straight shot. We we met up with uh, Jerry Vandiver. Yes. And his fiddle player, Lacey Carpenter. Yes. And uh, we went out to Meat Barbecue. And it was and packed. It was an hour and a half. Hour and a half. They said it could be an hour and a half for us to get in. And that ain't happening. So we went to Creoles. Which was only 40 minutes to get yes. in. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Get yes. something a bit different. And, yeah, now today we're at the show and a uh, lot of people here. I've already had a ton of people come by and chit-chatting, saying, you know, what yeah. is Paddling Adventures Lots Radio? Of questions. And a lot of questions. And, uh, you know, a few people that know us already and it's pretty cool. Yes. So, uh, well, we'll just see what the day happens here and who comes by and and uh, we'll uh, get people on here to do some interviews and take it from there. I'm looking forward to it. So keep on listening. This is Randy from Algonquin Outfitters. You can find us at algonquinoutfitters.com. You are listening to Sean and Derek on Paddling Adventures Radio. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. So our first guest of the day is somebody that I met online three years ago and said, hey, you got a couple good songs. And he says, any song you want to use, go ahead and use it. Was that on axemurderers.com? That was the place. That was, that the place. was it. That was I, it. I, I used to frequent that a lot. I, I've noticed you've been missing. Uh, and then last year, uh, we were tagged in one of our, our episodes we posted, said, you know, we, we played another song and because a new, new uh, CD came out. And your response was, they're still playing my stuff? That's awesome. <laughs> so we thought it's only fitting now that we're here. Now, uh, I got to mention, across from us uh, is John Van Berger. Yeah. Yes, our foreign correspondent. Our foreign correspondent. And he's got his booth, and he's got a video plan, and it's using one of your songs. Yeah, it is. And I said, ah, that's nothing. We got the real deal. <laughs> so with us, our, our first guest of the day is Jerry Vandiver. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. And accompanying is Lacey Carpenter on the fiddle. Nice yep. to meet you. Nice to meet you. And yeah, so we're live. So... Um, yeah, so Jerry's going to chit-chat a bit. What do you, any projects you got coming up? And uh, yeah, actually, um, well, as far as projects go, I'm actually uh, just, I've just started to put some songs together for a, a brand new CD. Um, we're going to call it Paddle Song Spy. Paddle Song Spy, yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, at least that's the working title right now. It probably will stick because I'm too lazy to come up with a second title. That and, works. Um, uh, we'll have it ready. Uh, for next year in the, in the winter time here, quiet water and such. And, but I've already, actually I've already got a couple of songs uh, ready to go. We're gonna do one today at our presentation in the room, 
and then we're going to do another one, a different one, at the, uh, I was just telling you about, about the kids throwing rocks in the water. Right. We're going to do that at the children's uh, uh, display area. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully, we we'll want to see if I, we'll see if I, if I, six-year-old audience is a captain or Awesome. <laughs> I'm not so sure that'll happen. But. Yes. Well, Derek, Derek's got a couple of kids in the six-year-old range. Oh, is yes. that right? I've got a five and an eight-year-old. Oh, okay. Well, we'll dedicate a song to them. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, you want to play a song to start? Sure. Let's. Uh, since you mentioned John, let's uh, let's go ahead and do the song that's on his video. Is he? He's making a presentation about uh, uh, doing the length of the Yukon River. The Yukon journey, yeah. Amazing. He's a lot more hardcore than I am. <laughs> Uh, I've never been on the Yukon and would like to do that, but we'll dedicate this to John and all you folks out there that I call river rats, because that's, that's how it's, I cut my teeth, by the way, on uh, paddling the streams of the Ozarks in southern Missouri. Right, Just wow. something you can come down and see sometime, but it's really, really sweet stuff. Like Is it okay to say Canucks on the podcast? Canucks? You, yeah. can, you can say whichever you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is called More Than a River.
shift in the saddle. Me and the bowlers at the lead in the shoulders. When you're reaching for the eddy, doesn't get better than this. Yes, it's more. So much more. Oh, yes, it's more. Oh, so much Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. Wow. Thank you. One this is a new songs. one for us, man. It is. <laughs> so usually I'd have to have you guys come up to my basement and do this. We can There's do like, that. Yeah. For a nominal fee. <laughs> I'm putting on a concert in my basement next week. Hey, you know what? Actually, are you really? Are, are no. Really, okay. no, no, no. It's you know, a really a, big basement. No, well, that's a big deal nowadays. House concerts and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You never heard? You never? Don't they have house concerts up in Canada? Uh, well, in Newfoundland they do. My son's into the DJing, so he's got his big soundboard, oh, yeah. and they go over to people's houses and do it. Mind you, I have guitars and uh, drum kits and all that in my basement, so it really wouldn't be that... So yeah, you can do it. No, really, really, we, I've done a bunch of house concerts where you, it's kind of cool. You go to someone's home and they have a little kind of a hors d'oeuvre buffet that people bring stuff in and then uh, someone will do a, a two-hour concert and, uh, and you know, people go, go home after that. It's usually like 30 or 50 people come to school. Really? Yeah. This sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to build a new deck and have an after backyard party. Yeah. Backyards are the same thing. And good, you know, so yeah. Of course, don't you have like a lot of mosquitoes up there? Not in my house. No. We, we've had no. them banned. Yeah. Mosquitoes and black flies have been banned from my house. Oh, so they don't come around. No. Okay. No. I think it's the cherry trees and the apple trees sort of keep them away. Well, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. That's my theory. Cool. Yeah. So we, I've heard a lot about like kitchen parties in, in uh, Maritimes, Newfoundland and stuff like that. Sure. It, like there's groups that they, it's it's every weekend. It's just a yeah. bunch of friends get together, a kitchen party. It's and really fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. Well, I, have, I have several independent singer-songwriter friends that actually make their living touring yeah. the country playing house concerts. Really? Because it's real intimate and really fun and stuff, you know. Yeah. Now, on, on kind of on a similar note, to get back into what we're talking about in the first place, is uh, I love doing campfire concerts as well. And uh, since I will go ahead and put my plug in for my wonderful sponsor, North Star Canoes, we actually, I'm actually doing uh, one with them at the Zumbro River uh, in the uh, first weekend of May. Right. And then we're going to go do another one at the Western Pennsylvania Solo Canoe Symposium. So uh, campfire concerts are kind of like house concerts uh, without the uh, PA speaker going Yeah, I know. Like I'm that. just sitting there listening and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adds to the atmosphere. Adds to, yeah. It works. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed your, your nice North Star canoe hat yep, there. Yep. They're, they're here were, they this are weekend. Here. Really I actually song. got a uh, one of their, uh, what is it, the, the, the bare footprint Beer bottle oh, opener. Keychain key and beer bottle opener. Yeah. You know, it's I've funny when you say that. Used it a few times. When I've had, oh, I have a feeling, you knowing you, Sean, you have used it more than a few. But, okay, uh, yeah. You know, it's really funny when I give those out at our shows. I mean, I give away some hats and some coffee cups. When I have that one to give away, everybody wants it. And it's, they only say it when I say beer bottle opener. It's, it's magic like, words. It is. It's like. Yeah. It's like As you get older, the magic words go from please and thank you to. 
beer, beer and tequila. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the two go well together. Yeah. So uh, how about maybe tell us a little bit about your history, how you and Lacey got together for pairing up for doing some of these albums and, okay. and your music. And yeah. Well, okay, right. Well, well, quick history is that we're both from Nashville, Tennessee. We're both singer-songwriters there. And um, for the longest time, I actually pursued what we call in the business the music row songwriter dream. And I got very lucky a couple of times. I've had some songs on the radio, a couple of songs recorded by the likes of Tim McGraw and the Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's amazing. It really is. I'm yeah. still amazed by that. Yeah. Um, but so that's kind of the thing that, that kind of helped, you know, the struggle and, and, and also learning the craft of the songwriting as well that kind of helped get me through all that. And, and um, the other thing is that I'm a passionate paddler. Yes. And, and um, so one of the things they say in the songwriting circles is to write what you know. Write what you know, right. write so, what you love. Yeah, and so when, you know, when I do a song about camping or kayaking, the problem with that is um, in Nashville, in Music Row, Reba McIntyre is not going to record a song about camping. No, Just no. isn't going to happen and go sing it in Las Vegas. <laughs> not going to happen. Yes. And that's okay, though. So I would write these songs just to kind of soothe my own spirit, put them aside, and then try to get Reba or Tim McGraw or whatever. So, with that being said though, after a while, some of my camping songs started to accumulate, and so I'm having so much fun doing that now, I really pursue that more than, than the music yes. road thing. So, with, with that in mind, so then, long, longer story, very short, so I've been playing these kinds of trade shows, and festivals and stuff, and. And uh, I've done it with all kinds of different combinations of musicians, but the thing that I've found that works the best and the most fun is to have a fiddle player with me, which I have the wonderful Lacey Carpenter with me now. And she moved here, moved here, meaning Nashville, Tennessee, from Tyler, Texas. And the only, only reason I'm speaking for her is she doesn't have a microphone in front of her for your listening. Well, actually, she does. She, she just can't hear us I very can't well. Speak. Well, she can speak. Oh, there she is. Speak. So, anyway, so a mutual friend of ours, yeah, a mutual friend of ours, knew Lacey and knew that I was looking for a fiddle player to team up with, and they introduced us. And Lacey was just crazy enough to go along with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've we've done we've been playing together for about a year now. And, okay. And uh, we, I actually, I did took her on a couple of day trips into the Boundary Waters last year, and she got deluged with rain. Oh, awesome. And Good introduction. Still, she, she came out of it a happy camp. <laughs> Looking for more. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's pretty much our history. Excellent. Yeah, so here we are. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And Lacey, you've got a, a CD out? I do have a CD out. It came out last October. It's called Nothing Is Real. It's a concept album. It's a concept album. <laughs> and my microphone's on my violin. <laughs> She's talking to her violin right now. Yeah. I'm talking to my violin right now. Who's the weird girl her talking name, to her his violin? Name is Stuart. Um, <laughs> and seven of the songs I wrote, and the other one is Wayfaring Stranger. It was produced by Wayne Moss, the legendary Wayne Moss, who did all the guitar parts for Roy Orbison and some, some for Dolly Parton. The Jolene, that guitar part, that was Wayne Moss. I'm very honored to have had him as my producer. And my song, Standing in the Rain, is actually number one requested in Virginia right now. Oh, right awesome. on. So very, very thrilled about that. Just an honor to be able to have an opportunity to play music. And it's, an, it's a blessing that, you know, Jerry has asked me to be part of all these shows and gigs and 
I love it. It's amazing. And I love paddling and canoeing now. <laughs> yes, she does. Now. She's, she's even in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> canoeing in the rain. If there's no rain, she's not going. <laughs> She did have a little difficulty with the snow this morning. The, oh, the snow, yes. Texas. But. Yeah, it was really cold. But, <laughs> but we solved the problem by going, believe it or not, I, there's one here. This morning we went to a Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh-oh. Cliff, Cliff Jacobson got is, is, is uh, invading the territory, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so we solved her snow fears, and we went to Tim Hortons this morning. That was oh, her first Tim Hortons visit. Yeah. She's very happy with it, and and I thought I'd use that to segue into another song. Does that sound okay? That works for me. This Beauty. is about... Uh, we could just let you play all day, and we'd just go see the show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hard if we had to play here and there at the same time, though. Yeah. So this is a song uh, that, that uh, especially is... Uh, is important to Lacey. It's about our most important camping ritual, and that's our camp coffee. And that's what oh, we have to be oh yeah. I like this one. Yeah. Perfect. Crawl out of the tent. First thing I do, fire up pocket rockets. Start the brew. Wait for a whip of that wake me up for all. Then I'm in a happy camp with my hands around the mud watching the fist rise the first hot sip opening my eyes french press brown fresh dipping back percolate an escape gourmet special blend you know a savor time with my morning cup camp coffee Later tonight, when dinner's long gone, campfire started and the dishes are done. Blue mugs waiting with my caffeine fixed and a little extra something thrown into the mix. Sean knows what's in his coffee mix. Bailey's. With my hands around the mug, watching the sunset, the first hot sip. How good can it get? Swiss Miss chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a chip beam Irish cream maker's mark I am a red I'm putting it in my evening cup Camp coffee Bear got the food? No problem Lost the tent pegs? I can solve it Holes in the tarp? That's easy to fix Oh, but run out of coffee. It's the end of the trip. Gotta have my hands around the mud. Watching the mist rise, the first hot sip. Opening my eyes, catch grass around crest. In the bag, percolator, escapade, gourmet. Special when you know I savor Swiss Miss chocolate chip, dump a little cookie and a Jim Beam Irish cream, Maker's Mark Amaretto. It's all about me and my cup. Something that'll never give up. Have a seat, I'll pour you a cup. Camp coffee. Camp coffee. 
You know, Lacey likes caribou coffee too. Do you have caribou coffee in Canada? Uh, the brand? Well, it's, it's like a Tim Hortons. Ooh, I don't think so. It, oh. You know what? We need to introduce you some caribou coffee. We have a Let's Tim go. Hortons caribou coffee standoff. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I like kind of see what comes out the best. Camp coffee. Camp coffee. There we go. Thank you. Somebody was singing along. <laughs> we know where her priorities are. In the right place. First thing in the morning, yeah. you gotta get your coffees. Yeah. I still got my bagel from Timmy's left this morning. Well, Coffee's go. long gone. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, we've played that song on our show, like, Have you? I think like three or four times. Yeah, Excellent. quite, quite often. It's, it's one of the ones we play most often, I believe. Yeah, yeah that yeah. and Headwind. Yes. And uh, me and Molly. Yeah. Me and you Molly, have Molly excellent and me. taste. It's me I and know. Molly. <laughs> me and Molly, yeah. yeah. I always get it reversed sometimes. That's yes. Okay. Yeah. Molly doesn't care. And the other one uh, we like was you played last year. It just came out in your, your latest album, Kevlar is Light. Oh, yeah. That's one oh, yes. of our favorites. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Well, Kevlar in fact, um, yeah, uh, North Star, uh, we filmed a video of that song. Right. Okay. Um, and I don't think. Uh, the video, video editors haven't finished up yet. Um, I'm hoping it actually be ready in another week, and uh, we'll put it up on YouTube. Oh, right on. Yeah, we'll be able to put that on our uh, Facebook page. So yeah. we could we could do it for you right now if you want. I'm good we'll with that. That's good to me. You know, well, <laughs> Camper Christina is here Twist too. That she, arm. She's uh, she's. I, I don't want to call her a lightweight, but uh, <laughs> but she appreciates lightweight equipment. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so this is called Kevlar's Light. Now, I, I did not write this song. Neither did I. Yeah, well, they were, we're on good company then. There you go. But a friend of mine, actually, I like to say this, a friend of mine wrote this with the uh, legendary Hank Williams. Ooh. Yeah, the only problem is Hank doesn't know about it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this, is, this is his version. Of course, it's about the most important piece of equipment in our arsenal and that's Kevlar canoes and it goes this is called Kevlar's life well, I paddled for years with aluminum struggled to get those portages done picked up my permit one summer night Outfitter told me Kevlar is light. Kevlar is light. Kevlar is light. No more straining with all my might. Hernia won't send me home the second night. Fresh DuPont, Kevlar is light. Back were hurting, shoulders were worse. Toting a grumman might as well be a hearse. Now it's so easy, no longer a fight. Ever since they told me Kevlar is light. Kevlar is light. Kevlar is light. No more straining with all my might. Won't send me home the second 
night. Praise to God, give Laura's life. Take it, Lacey. A big comb and cooler, a bag of cement Don't try to tell me my way isn't right I can bring it all cause Kevlar is light Kevlar is light, Kevlar is light No more straining with all my might Hernia won't send me home the second night Praise to Pond, Kevlar is light. Praise to Pond, Kevlar is light. All right. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you very much. Wow. So, yeah, we played that one when it came out a few times last year. Good. You know? Glad to hear it. And uh, yeah, that's one of our favorites. I know that because, like you said, Kevlar, it's got to be light. <laughs> I'm running around here trying to get pictures of us too. <laughs> <laughs> it's working out. So you have how many albums now? Well, I, uh, paddling songs, I have four. Okay. And then I have two, what I call my other stuff. Oh, okay. The less important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So six altogether. I, I'm amazed. When I set out. When I originally recorded True and Deep in 2012, I can't believe it's been that long ago, I remember a friend of mine saying, well, when are you going to do another one? I said, are you out of your mind? Nobody wants to hear more than 10 songs of this, you know, but I was wrong, you know, and we're just having so much fun playing to this like-minded people. Exactly, yeah. 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 Well, we're always seeing people over at your booth over there coming up and buying more and more CDs. And yeah, that's, that's okay with me. Yeah, <laughs> keep, keep them coming. Buy a CD so I can make another one. There well, you know, go. I made I made a point of telling Jerry, look at that. I went down, I got all Jerry's CDs, and I threw them on. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, and I didn't get him to sign any of them. You didn't? No. Did no. You have with you now? No. He never thought to bring them. No. Bring, bring it to Canucopia. Bring it to Canucopia and get yeah. him to sign. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, he's like, why wouldn't I have done Dummy. that? Dummy. I know. It's what I do. I was going to say dumbass, but I didn't want to be uh, on the radio. You know, I've been called worse by better. It's on there now. <laughs> so for the future, you have, you're saying you've got the other, the next one coming out. Yes. Yeah, I'm working on that slowly but surely. I'm excited that, actually, the last CD I did, I kind of like, I had this mad rush of songwriting just that came on to me. And um, so so they came out really quickly, which is great. Um, But then I like had to kind of like start, oh, I better record another CD here because I got all these songs. This time I'm taking it a little more slowly and I'm excited about that. So, um, yeah. have it, you know. I, I probably I'll record it next fall sometime, and then uh, it'll go to press early January. Okay. Yeah. Now, how many uh, canoe trips you got planned for this coming summer? Right now, I have. Um, I have. Let's see. Well, I I just came back from uh, paddling the Grand Canyon. Right. Oh, oh wow. Trip there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was to 16 days. I remember nice. seeing some pictures. Whoa, that was an amazing trip. That was definitely a trip for lifetime. I highly recommend it to anyone uh, that uh, wants to have the ultimate adventure. But then, um, so now uh, I'm actually, uh, this summer, or maybe probably early September, um, we're gonna, I'm taking my, my friend who's the, my rafter who knows how to do those things in the Grand Canyon. I'm taking him up to the Boundary Waters, and then uh, I'm going uh, with uh, North Star Canoes. Uh, we're doing uh, uh, sections of the Green River in Utah. Okay. And also, by speaking of North Star Canoes, uh, I, one of the, the campfire concert thing in May, we're actually also paddling the Zumbro River in, uh, in Minnesota. Awesome. And then there's a really neat little river. I may, may have told. I think. Oh, I know. I do. Tell you about this. Uh, in Nashville, about 45 minutes out, and I get out there whenever I can. It's really neat. It's, a, it's, a, has, it's called the Narrows of the Harpeth. It's the Harpeth River. It's the Lake Scenic Area, Lake Scenic River, and um, it has a horseshoe bend that comes around so tight. So you put in on the left side of the horseshoe, and you paddle a beautiful uh, five and a half hour, no, five and a half miles. So about two, three hours if you're lazy. And uh, when you take out on the other end of the horseshoe, you walk over to your car. Oh, too easy. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's yeah. so pretty. There's real high cliffs and bluffs. And, you know, a lot of great blue herons and turtles. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's and, and you're going to paddle that, I do believe you said, the last week of September. I am. I have some friends coming in town. A couple of Canadians coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take them to paddle it, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I already told my wife we're going paddling Excellent. with you for the day, and Excellent. she's excited to. Glad uh, to hear that. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're heading down yes. to uh, Nashville for our 25th anniversary this year, and doing the Memphis Elvis, the whole, the whole shebang. Yes. I think it's fascinating that most people like go to Hawaii for their 21st, but he's going to Nashville. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. That's, that's, yeah. Why do the normal stuff? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Nobody should do normal things. Why? Why, <laughs> why spend all that money and go to an absolute tropical paradise when we can go down to Nashville and see Jerry? <laughs> country music. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, do you have one more we song got one more that you can you? do before we yeah, call it a day? That's a great idea. I, let's let's do a, this is a a song that. Uh, that, speaking of videos, uh, that North Star Canoes did a video on. It's up on YouTube, and I have—I'm uh, the proud owner of six canoes and three kayaks. So I'm just getting started with my fleet. Excellent. Um, and uh, this is a, about what other people may perceive as someone having an addiction, <laughs> and may other people may perceive as someone having too many boats. But that's what this song is about, and they'll understand why there is no such thing. Well, some of my friends think I've got an addiction. showed up last week for an intervention Took inventory and made a few notes They said, oh, look around you, boy, you've got too many boats I've got too many irons and too many fires too many projects, I won't deny it, but 
when it comes down to anything that floats, there's no such thing as too many boats. Driving down the road with a trailer in tow. Cop pulls me over for going too slow. Said you're in a heap of trouble and it's no joke. Look behind you, son, you got too many boats. I've got too many tickets from not enough quarters. Too many exes, too many lawyers. But when it comes down to anything that floats, there's no such thing as too many boats. Pick it, Lacey. Carpenter on fiddle, y'all. Now when my time on this earth is through, there's one little favor I'll ask of you. Make sure they ride on my headstone. There's no such thing as too many boats. Yeah, when it comes down to anything that floats, there's no such thing, no such thing. There's no such thing as too many boats. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Look at that. Look at that. People are listening to you, too. Boy, that's a first. I know, eh? <laughs> Must be us. <laughs> well, Jerry, thanks for uh, well, thanks for having coming us. on here. Yeah, Lacey, yeah. you as thanks well. Thanks for being here at the show, and I hope all your listeners enjoy all your podcasts on this. This will be fun. Well, I'm hoping so. This because is a lot of fun. This if, is if it this works is out well this year, we'll uh, do it again next year. I think that's a great same idea. Same time, same place. Quiet Water Symposium. That's what all I'm right. thinking. And now you've got to go do a... We've got a show to do. show to do. Yep, we do. Well, have fun doing that, and we'll be chatting with you a little later. All right, buddy. Thanks, Sean. Thank you very much. Hello, folks. This is David Bain of the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. You can find us at www.ontariobackcountrycanoe.ca. You are listening to Sean and Derek on Paddling Adventures Radio. Welcome back. So our next guests are from the Chicago Adventure Therapy... We have Andrea Nepper and Brianna Haynes. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Um, when I was looking through our guide that we got about the presentations that were, were coming up, uh, I saw leadership, I saw paddling, I saw kids, and I saw your name. So, <laughs> so I'm saying, you know what? Growing up, getting outside, paddling, any, any outdoor activity, really. Um, and as, as we were talking off, off, the, off air here, that... I was an air cadet and I did all the leadership courses and stuff like that. And I think that really helped me 
in my my future life endeavors you know endeavors yeah. yes. that sort yeah. of stuff yeah. and that so when i see that sort of thing especially we're big on the getting the kids outside yes. thing sure. right sure. so when i saw that i'm thinking okay we got to talk to andrea here and <laughs> awesome so let us know what exactly is your program sure so chicago adventure therapy it's an organization that i founded and we work with chicago youth and we use outdoor sports to build life skills um, I'm a social worker okay. and started it as a clinical program. We work with partner agencies, other youth serving agencies in the city, and we provide programming during the summer. Um, and then what was happening is that programming ends with those agencies and access to the sport closes for our young people because that was the only way they had access. And for some of them who did programming with us, they didn't even know these sports existed. And right. so then it's this thing where it's like, hey, look at this cool thing that you didn't know existed have fun with it, sorry you don't get to ever do it again. And so we oh, said, yeah. and some young people did it and they were just like, yeah, glad I did that, I don't need to ever do it again. It's like, <laughs> right. okay. But other other folks said, I wanna learn everything I can about this. And so very early, so we just celebrated our 10th season, program awesome. season. Awesome. Um, and very, very early on we started saying, hey, we need to figure out how to keep this access open. And so we started what we call Cat Paddling Community, or Cat PC. So Chicago Adventure Therapy, we call it Cat. Right. Um, and it's a community of paddlers, and it is um, current youth participants and past youth participants and local paddlers and local coaches, and we paddle together. And we do something paddling related twice a month all through the year. Um, and what we have learned in Cat PC is that the thing that is most impactful is building leadership skills. Right. Um, and that as you build leaders, you are building um, youth who become young adults who are an agent in their life and in their community and in bringing more young people into the sport. And so every time that we do something together, what's really, really important to me is that every single person there should be learning something new. I should be learning something new. All of my coaches should be learning something new. Somebody who's paddling for the first time should be learning something new. And every single person who's there should be um, contributing something. They have something to give. They have something to teach. They have something to impart to somebody else. So it's not a thing where there's the experts and the people who aren't experts. Everybody is learning something new and everybody is giving something. And so um, somebody may have paddled with us once but they then if somebody is there who's new, they then will have that person who's only been there once. They can lead because we say, hey, can you show this person who's new how that life jacket should fit properly? Right. And that's leadership and it's a tiny, tiny little piece, but that's what they can do at first. And as they continue in, in the community, we give them bigger pieces and bigger pieces and bigger pieces and it should be a challenge and it should be hard. Um, but the more we give them really authentic leadership where they are leading a portion of the program, the more opportunity there is also for them to to fail, <laughs> right? And to right. fall flat on their face. And a fa and failure is part of failure is part of success. It is. No, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, We've been hearing these all Gotcha. Afternoon. Okay. So failure is part of success, but we also have to be ready to step in and if the pieces start falling apart and someone is going to fall on their face publicly in front of the whole group, we have to be ready to step in and help collect the pieces. And it might be that we step in and lead with that person, right. or it might be that we step in and kind of take it back, or it might be that we just step in and ask a question. And if we ask that one question, that helps the person who's who's out there kind of in over their head to all of a sudden be able to get it back again. 
Right. If that makes and, sense. And it's a big confidence thing as well. I mean, failing, you, you fail, but if you can learn from that, or yeah, you, if you're about to fail and then can turn it around, and you're going, oh, I'm, I'm good, we did it, and that, that's a big confidence booster as well. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I do think that I agree with a, a lot of the stuff that was said. Right. Um, I started off as one of those Just youth. Oh, look here. I started <laughs> off as one of those youth leaders. So, um, I mean, not youth leaders. I'm sorry. I started off as one of the participants in the okay. program yep. back in 2014. And I pretty much just love the sport. I never knew anything about kayaking. I didn't even know how to build a tent. Um, so I learned that stuff with Kat. And I actually lost contact because I was with, I came through uh, one of those a agencies that she was talking about. Okay. And I and lost it was contact. It was before we started Cat PC. Right. And so we didn't have that way of staying so you've involved. developed right. since then yeah, yeah so i lost contact and you know chicago is a small world and i ran into someone that i remembered who um one of our staff yeah who okay, did one great. of the trips with us and i saw her on the train and i was like hey didn't you uh do a trip with us blah blah, blah. and so um she's like yeah and i was like i really want to come back and i was like but I have no way of, you know, communicating with them. Exactly. And so that's when, and I didn't think to, you know, Facebook, Chicago Adventure Therapy, you know, because they've always been there. Yeah. I just didn't think of that. And then she reached out and I gave my number and then that's how we kind of connected back. And I was able to then get my coach certification through them and just a lot of leadership uh, experiences, like being able to coach um, at a symposium in New York and Wisconsin. So just doing a lot of different stuff. Okay, yep. That's cool. So it's, really cool. it's you're learning through participating, you're, you're building your confidence, building your skills. That's a great way, ground level, to create something for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? It's impressive. That's it's a impressive program. <laughs> and then they also, like, the, the CAT PC is not just, like, just, like, an organization that you can just reach out to when it's time, you know, like, when, it, when there's events going on. Yes. Like, you can access them whenever. And Excellent. they're a big support system. That's amazing. And I feel like a lot of the people who chose to stay, stay because of that reason, like me, like, I don't have family like that and they're like a family to me because they're there for advice like when I need advice when I need someone to talk to like they're always there they've been supporting me um, and my family I have a four-year-old and then I have a two-week-old and so they've been helping me just through the process yeah. and with everything nice wow. so we call it cat paddling community because when we started it we had um, a couple staff um, and a volunteer and a couple young people who did the planning for it. And at one point we were like, hey, we need to have a name for this. And it's not because a name is important, but we need to have a name because we have to have a way to talk about it. Exactly. Um, and one of the young people who was involved, um, who was, was part of the planning of it, he was adamant that the word community be part of it. And not a guy who I would have guessed 
would say that, but he was oh, okay. adamant that community needed to be part of it because that's what we were, we're a community. And if you think about it, I mean, any outdoor sport, like you do it because you love the sport, right? But you right. also do it for the people and it's a community. And we talk about the outdoor community. We talk about the paddling community, right? And exactly. And he was the one who said, we have to have the word community in here. And it really has become a community and it's kind of cool. We paddle together, we teach each other, we learn from each other, we support each other in our lives. and. Um, I don't know. I guess to me, that's the way it should be. <laughs> well, you know, it is. I mean, I got into paddling. I mean, I, I was doing some solo, solo stuff. And then I was on a, a forum for Algonquin Park up in Ontario. And I just started chatting with people. And then I started meeting a few people. And then there were a few more people. And, more, and all of a sudden, you got this big group of paddlers with the same, you know, uh, uh, interest. And, you know, okay, you're doing these trips and stuff. But when you're doing these trips you're talking about all these different aspects of your life and how things are happening and pretty soon you're saying oh no dude if you're looking for this you're having problems i got a guy i can get you in contact with and that sort of and it really is a giant support thing and it really helps everybody out so it sounds like you guys are doing that at a, at a, at a earlier level i guess in a more organized level and a, well yeah yes. and a more organized level for sure yeah we're trying to make sure that happens and we're bringing together people who weren't wouldn't usually come together yes because right. we've got yeah. young people who we're working with we've got volunteers and you know so you end up with a like mexican-american gang involved teenage guy oh, wow. and a you know a white suburban woman in her 60s and they're <laughs> paddling together diverse, right. very diverse and they're paddling together and they've got each other's backs on the water and when you get off the water then you still have each other's backs when you're off the water yes. right yeah. and you're meeting these people you wouldn't usually meet but you have something, as Brianna says, this, this thing that we all love, right? And so, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of cool. Good. It is yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do you so, see for the future? Like, are, are you guys still developing the program? Do you see more changes in the future? Are you bringing other facets in? Like, you, you must have some sort of vision for even better or more in the future, right? Yeah, so it tends to be fairly organic based okay. on sort of what we're seeing that people want. But, but I kind of... <laughs> I kind of want to take over the paddling world with our young people. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're, great. We're always the group that's yes. having the most fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talk about the paddling world and the outdoor world being old. Um, and yeah. our crew isn't old. Like in the in the I, I coach and I have been sort of the baby in the coaches for 20 years. Yeah. And I'm not the baby anymore, but I'm still one of the younger ones. But in Cat PC, there was one year at one of the symposiums they called me old gal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? So we're much younger. We're much more diverse. Yes. Um, and we have a lot of fun. And I want to bring that. I, I want our young people to be the leaders of the paddling world for the next 40 years. And so I want to do, um, you know, Brianna said she's a coach. She is a certified paddle sport coach globally recognized nice. like it's not just something that we said oh you're going to coach for us like it's a it's a real certification wow. so you shouldn't go um, anywhere with that mm. absolutely that's awesome and we have four young people who've gotten that certification we have volunteers who've gotten that certification i want to keep working at that i want to yeah. keep building skill keep building um coaching so that they really can be leading not just our little community yeah. but stepping out into the broader paddling um, making it more accessible for more young people in Chicago, um, for younger kids in Chicago. Um, I mean, Brianna said she's got a four-year-old son and a two-week-old two son. Um, and 
she has she you know her her four-year-old son has been doing stuff with us since he was one. Oh wow nice <laughs> you know and and people um want to bring their 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 younger siblings and they want to bring their cousins and every now and again you know there was there was a Zach, he's like, can I bring this girl? (laughs) Right? People want to bring more people in, and I want to build the capacity to be able to do that, and I want our young people to be doing that coaching as opposed to um, a a whole bunch of of old people coming in and doing all the coaching. So I don't know. What do you have to to add to all of that? Because I've just done my babbling thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not a very bad thing to have, like, older coaches. No. You're just saying that because she's sitting there. <laughs> well, I mean, because I've seen it before, where where it's like where we get got a chance to at friends and family night, um, we got a chance to run it um, for the first time, like do leadership stuff. Okay. And we had a bunch of kids, and we just did not know what to do. Like the kids were like everywhere in the water, and some was like, I can't get my boat to move forward. And we were just like. <laughs> looking at each other like what do we do like what, what what do we do and we were so confused and it was just this one moment where it was like so this like organized and i can see on the kids face that they weren't having fun exactly and um one of the one of the older coaches said to one of us like hey why don't you play a game with them and then that's when um one of the people Oh, that was you. And so we came up with a game. We got everybody, um, you know, together. And we did, uh, what was it, uh, Sharks Sharks and Minnows. minnows. Okay. And they had a blast. We had, like, people in the water um, uh, capsizing people. And it was was, was safe. Everybody had life jackets (laughs) on. But it was awesome. No boat spearing people. (laughs) And you could see that those kids had fun and they wanted to come back. They were like, this is something that I would do. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that they have fun. Because if you have a lot of older coaches who are just like sticklers and they're just like, you have to do this, this way, this way, this way, and just telling them what to do. Your paddle needs to go in at a 45 degree angle. And there's no fun, then you don't get these group of people to come together. Like you, you don't get them to come back. And so that's that's how we get the group of kids we get to come together. That's amazing. I I love that she talked about friends and family night because that was part of the process of becoming coaches. Um, So there was a group of young people and and volunteers who were going to take a coaching award. And so in the wintertime, we had a thing where I was just like, okay, you're going to you're going to take this. But here's the thing. You all are young. And the fact is, as young people, you have to do this even better than most people do or people are just going to be like pat you on the head no isn't that cute right and so we're going to start talking about coaching and we're going to practice coaching before you take the official training so we had a day in the winter time where we talked about like literally talked about coaching theory and then split into groups and said okay we're going to plan a a coach we're going to plan a coaching session okay and you know you need to think about who who are you teaching who are your students how are you going to reach them? What do you want to teach? How are you going to teach that? How are you going to organize yourselves? And they planned a session. Then we had a day in the pool where they practiced that and practiced delivering that with each other. Then we had friends and family day where they then practiced all of that with everybody got to invite one friend or family member and they got to practice that. So 
there were some moments when it was chaos, but there was a lot that they learned from that going into the formal coaching training. Um, And the, the kids who came had a blast. So they learned a ton. Our aspiring coaches who hadn't even done the training yet learned a ton. And then they were much more prepared when they went into that formal coach training. They had an idea of what they were getting into. And having done it and realized already some of the pitfalls of trying to coach a group, then learning all of those strategies in the training made more sense and then they did the training and they got the assessment and then it's like okay well now you're a coach but where you really become a coach is coaching so then it became my job to make sure that they were getting opportunities to coach and so she's coached Brianna has coached you coached at Dork County um, and we were invited to a symposium in New York and all of the youth who were coaches were then invited to to coach one day nice Um, uh, actually not at the symposium, but at another outfitter in, in Queens that was looking to kind of up their coaching game a little bit. And our our youth coaches all went and coached in Queens for a day. Awesome. <laughs> like, it was amazing. Yeah, and it was awesome. We were on the sit-on-top. We were on the sit-on-top um, kayaks. And they had to learn not to be boat snobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a really, really good lesson because every boat is an amazing boat. Yeah. And, it, and, and the crazy thing is, they were all beginners. So it was like we were basically showing them like little tricks on how to turn the bolts and, okay. you know, stuff like that. Yep. So it was really fun just watching them doing it. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you've got the skills and you're able to teach someone else those skills for the first time, seeing that. And see them pick it up with you just on, that is a good feeling. Yeah, you know? it makes you feel really good. And then the the insight that they gave us afterwards and saying that everybody had fun and, you know, they enjoyed it, they learned stuff, that, yeah, that felt good. So, and I think we've both mentioned who knows how many times this was fun, and I think that's so important. Oh, it is. I mean, I think it's important for adults, too. Adults don't come back if they're not having fun. But, oh, exactly, but yeah. But we'll pretend, like, we're coming back because we're learning something instead of because it was fun but it has to be fun for people to come back and kids aren't going to pretend that they're coming back right. because they're learning how to do it right kids right. are going to come back if it's fun and so you have to make it fun and um I, I, fun I is at, part of everything we do i look at my my kids when they were they're young they were young we started them on the canoe tripping and stuff like that like i mean going interior and, and all these yeah, different trips and yeah. stuff and you have to make it fun. You have to include them. You have to say, okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you have to include yeah. them. If, if we're yeah. doing a portage, you're in charge of the life jackets. You're in charge of the paddles. I've got the canoe. Let's go. Right. And, and as like, they oh, get older, I'm... they'll be in charge of more than the life jackets exactly. or the paddles. But you have to start with something they're genuinely in charge of. My son is 22 now. Yeah. And we did a trip last summer. And it, it becomes a competition on <laughs> who can portage <laughs> the most gear in one I, yeah. Okay, I'll buy into that. <laughs> Let's see how much you can take first. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you get them in there and they're enjoying it and they're having fun, they're definitely going to come back. Yeah. And yeah. then if you can teach them, like, here's, here's the way to have fun and do it, then it makes you look good and it gives you the confidence that you did your job. I, I made sure that they're having fun, that they enjoyed it, that they learned something, and they're coming back. They want to come back. They want to participate. They want to do it again. Yeah, that's awesome. And then everybody's learning. Everybody's getting better. Everybody's having fun. 
And, yeah. and, and everybody is learning how to get along with other people when it's stressful. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's, a like, that's a huge piece of oh, the outdoor yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. We've been, we've been outdoors with people paddling and you just like shake your head and you're like, how are, yeah. how are you still on the water? Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, okay, sit down. Dude, you're doing that. There's a better way to do that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. And yeah, if you can get all gentle that. Gentle coaching, though. Yeah. You have to do yeah. gentle coaching. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And if you can learn all those skills, it's it's, it's great. Now, yeah. you're in Chicago right now. Yeah. Are you looking at taking this further? So, yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like yet. Um, okay. But a couple pieces of it. Uh, I, I'm going, I'm taking a sabbatical this summer. So I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Um, I have two staff members who are running the show while I'm gone. One of those two staff members started as a youth participant. Um, oh, there you go. She was, yeah. yeah, when she was 14. And she's she's 23 right now, right? Yeah, yeah she's 23 age. right Yeah, so she's been around for nine years. Wow. Um, and she's going to be one of the team of two who's running the show. So pretty excited about that. Cool. Um, and then my hope also is that in taking a sabbatical, I'll get a little bit of distance so that I can come back with the bigger picture again because it's so easy to get caught up in all the day-to-day details Um, and when I come back my hope then is also to be in a slightly different role because they're going to be doing it without me (laughs) right so I don't need to come back and do all the stuff I've been doing because they're doing it without me so that gives me a chance to move back into that role I was in at the beginning that's about what is what is the vision and what is the big picture and what's the next big thing Um, and one of the things that that I'm looking at is just how do we become more sustainable? Because we're a small nonprofit that I founded. We still work out of my home. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, we're trying to move that this this summer. We, we just launched a capital campaign today, Chicago Adventure Therapy, www.chicagoadventuretherapy.org. You can give us money towards that. <laughs> um, and one of the pieces of that capital campaign is to get um, to be able to pay rent to get in a space that's not my home. Um, so, so looking at how do we increase sustainability, but also how do we, um, in increasing sustainability, how do we look at programming that brings in some money yeah. um, that our young people who are coaches, who are leaders would be delivering that programming and getting paid for it. So it's youth employment, right? So that we have a little bit more steady revenue streams. Right. And then the other thing that I'm looking at is how do we make it bigger? How do we, how do we take the young people who are already working with us, who are already working on leadership, who are already coaches, more people who want to become coaches, how do we use them to then get, bring more people in? How do we, how do we get more young people in Chicago doing this? Because we get, we get young people coming and paddling with us and they've grown up in Chicago, but a program with us is the first time they've ever seen Lake Michigan. Really? Wow. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Growing up in Chicago and you've never seen Lake Michigan. Right, so I want to I want to get more more young people doing that, and I want our youth, who are leaders, to be leading that charge. Yes. Right, but it's got to be only if it's if if that's what they want. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's that, and then I also, um, with some regularity, have people talking to me from other parts in the country about, oh, I want to do something similar. Oh, I want to do something similar, and I always say, oh, I'm happy to talk with you about how to do this. I'm happy to bring a couple of our young people to talk with you about how to do this because you have to talk to them um, about how to do this. Um, and we never quite have, but I would love to figure out, you know, whether it's a, not a consulting thing, but but how is it that we start 
planting seeds to help people in in other places like a countrywide network yeah how yeah. do we help build that network and and also then there are there are people across the country doing it how do we help build that connection right right because um it's important yeah it is I mean, it's important it, it may and be a cliche but it's the future it is you it know? is and i think and you should weigh on it tell me if I'm right about this, but I think that young people are going to get involved and stay involved if they're interacting with other young people who are also yes. involved, right? Yes. And so how do we make those connections? I don't know. what That's what I think. Um, I mean, yeah, the same thing, but if you think about it, we already have like two people, two um, volunteers that are branching off doing their own thing. Yeah, that's like we true. We literally have, um, and they're in other places. So one is in Indiana and the other one is Wisconsin. She's in Illinois, but really, pretty much as far north as you can go and still be in Illinois. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, so, I mean, we're kind of doing it and, you know, they have you to tell them um, what to do and, um, and they have us too, like the youth who can help them because they are working with younger kids. And yeah, and the other key to that is that it has to be in conjunction with young people. Right. Yeah, when 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 adults try to create things for young people, we always mess it up. You mess it up <laughs> and the kids tune, uh, tune you out. Like yeah. they see yeah. somebody who's a bit older and say, oh, I'm not listening to them. They're just, it's that anti-authority. It's But if you have your, your other kids the same age, talking your peers right peer right. to peer and that's a great way to send the message to communicate and how to build a program like that absolutely and i think then also young people see themselves in the leaders yes right? they become so leaders and exactly, they buy into it they take exactly, ownership i think so yes. because um you know in the outdoor world it's mostly old white people right yes. and we Sadly. have mostly young people of color and yeah. so then as we have those youth who are becoming leaders the new youth coming in they get to see themselves in those leaders and they see themselves in Brianna a lot more than they see themselves in me exactly yeah. and, I, yes. and I was actually gonna say that like the the youth the youth are driven by seeing other youth doing because I know I was like I was able to see other people and I was like I want to do that like I, I yeah. want to do that one day and here I am now you know working towards it and hopefully I have that impact on someone else exactly because it's like we some of us have came from the same background and so we're able to understand each other a little bit more um, versus like you know some of like the older coaches who come from the same background so we're able to relate to each other we're able to you know help each other give each other advice I'm not saying that you know the older coaches they can't but it's just a little bit more of a connection that we have peer-to-peer -peer. right yeah. and so yeah. we're able to you know say hey look I, I used to be the same way and you know like yeah. this is what you can do or you know not even what you can do like not telling them what to do just giving them advice like exactly. this is what I did and you know this is what I went through and I feel like it it impacts them in a positive way and it helps them to be able to see stuff differently and also be able to change their lives around Precisely. because I feel like that's the biggest thing like getting getting them off the streets getting them to see something um, different and getting them to experience something different whether it's like whether it's like they wanted to do it at first or they didn't, you know? Exactly, but yeah. It's a lot of the time, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of them 
they end up coming back even if they have like the first time it's a horrible experience because they felt like they didn't get something or you know didn't they, fit in didn't get something out of it they were scared right. or they exactly, were, yeah. it was uncomfortable but yeah. they all yeah. came back like yeah. literally like they all came back because it's mm-hmm. something they can take a part of and take a, put something of themselves into it and get they, you're gaining something you're earning yeah, something out yeah. of it that's, that's not, it's not monetary it's not it's not a piece of property it's, it's right. something inside you that you're building on and you're saying this, I can do this this is amazing I can take a leadership role I can be a part of a team peer to peer yeah and that I really I know I keep coming back to it but I, I think that leadership piece is so important just like you yep. said right so we have um, another another young person who also has that coach award um, and we, we laugh a lot because the very first time she paddled she did not like it at all (laughs) she was at a symposium and we asked at the end of the day we were debriefing and you know just kind of how was it and there was a volunteer who couldn't paddle because she had shoulder surgery so they were all calling her grandma debbie and i said you know grandma debbie wishes that she was on the water with us so just give her a snapshot of the day how was it and this particular one young woman was the very first person to start talking and she said she says grandma debbie it was horrible (laughs) so this was she's 19 now and this was when she was 15 so it was like four years ago she's on staff now and she 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 has her coaching certification like an official globally recognized coaching certification she's the youngest paddle sport coach in the country Um, awesome yeah and and she loves paddling and i asked her once i was like why did you keep coming back? I was like, I didn't think I was going to get you in the water the next day. And it was a four day symposium. And I was like, God, what am I going to do with this girl? I was like, why did you keep coming back? And she said, because I fi- she said, I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> there you go. She said, and I figured I shouldn't give up until I give it a chance. And so I decided to give it six months. That's impressive. Cool. And she loves it now. And we, you know, what we keep showing her is what she's good at. Right. And we yeah. all like knowing what we're good at. Oh, right? yeah. oh yeah. So she was she was referred to the program for anger management, and what we've seen is this incredible leader. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah, impressive. You got to get it out somewhere and turn it into a positive, and if that's what worked. Yep. Yep. So she she self describes and publicly in a little video that we did. I'm not like, you know, sort of disclosing confidential in- yeah. information. She self describes that she says I was a ticking time bomb, and she talks about paddling as diffusing that for her. Wow. Amazing. Well, yeah. it definitely sounds like you're onto something here. I hope so, and I really would. You know, you're asking what's next. I really, I really think that um, to to get young people into the sport, they have to be leading, and they have to be leading grassroots and small, like in our little organization, and and you know, sort of around the country. But they also, we also need to figure out how to bring them into leadership in the industry, right. and how to bring them into leadership in coaching, because young people need to see other young people who they're paddling with individuals but they also need to see young people in the photos and they need to see young people repping the gear and they need to they need to see young people behind the booths at events like this they need to see young people at every part of the industry in order to know that it really is for them and that all us old people and you know we work with a lot of youth of color also so all us old white people that we're not just saying you're welcome here, yes. but that they really are, and that this really is going to be part their of the team. You can tell them leading, you're welcome, but, but until team. you show them, exactly, right? Exactly. And I mean, I mean, up in Canada, that's becoming a big thing now. Is you know, and they say the white male privilege. Right. It's all right. a bunch of old white guys out there paddling and stuff like that, and 
you know, because they can afford all the gear and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's starting to, in my opinion, starting to starting to come that it is going to be the younger people and it's it going to is. Be the people I mean, they're here to replace and, us, and, right? And oh, stuff. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know Toronto's a big melting pot of mm-hmm. all over the world. Yeah, you know, everybody's yeah. coming in there, immigrants from all over the place, and and they're getting them out there and, and starting to show all this stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. And like I say, it's 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 the the younger people that are going to be, you know. As I say to my son, when I'm old and, and can't portage anymore, it's going to be you, you and your kids that are going to be doing I'll it for be, me. I'll be in charge of the life jackets. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in charge of the life jackets <laughs> yeah. and carrying the little pack for yeah. the dog food. Right. And you, yeah. you and your kids can yeah. take the rest for me, right? So I'm going down the portage with my walker. <laughs> so, yeah, getting the kids involved and getting the leadership skills and, and the coaching skills and, and all that to bring up the next generation after right. generation. It's, it's got to start now, and, and like I said, I think you're onto something here, and Thank hopefully you. it can actually branch into a bigger picture, as you say. And something yeah. that can yeah. be spread amongst communities and move. Yeah, yeah. yeah one, I would really One thing like that, that we have, or I've noticed, and it's, I, I'm local, I see what happens locally, mm. so I do see it in the local school and stuff, is there's a lot of, uh, like, team sports, everybody gets a prize. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in school, there's no kid left behind, so everybody passes. So there's no real failure. There's no, And you were talking about this earlier, about how the kids fail, but you help lift them up and, and support right. them and say, this is not such a bad thing. Right. This is right. a learning opportunity to make yourself better. And so one thing that always concerns me when it comes to the lack of failures is you get pushed through the whole school system. You go out into the real world, and your first failure is in the workforce. Right, and then how what do you do when you fail? You don't that? have any idea how to deal with failure. How, you and don't know. Failure is a critical piece of success. Yes, yes. It's you have to know how to fail. Criti- yeah, it's a critical piece of success, yes. right? And so, um, for for me, in our sort of regular summer programming, one of the things about training our staff, and especially our summer interns. Right, so they're in, in college or maybe graduate school and they're so excited about this and they just want to go out and be cheerleaders. And yeah. I'm like, you know what, that's great. But there's gonna be somebody who doesn't hit their goal. And there's yes. gonna be somebody who who feels like they failed and the best we do for them is not about cheerleading when they get to the top of, of a of a rope or when they um, you know do a really good forward stroke where we do them the best is when we help them deal with what do you do when you don't hit your goal and right. that sometimes you don't hit your goal right away you 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 fail in that a whole lot of times and how do you reset and then try again Precisely. Um, and that that's a huge skill and we we talk a lot about how do you keep going? <laughs> yes. How do you keep yeah. going when it's hard? How do you keep going when it doesn't work? In the face of failure, how do you keep exactly? Moving and how do you how do you reset what those interim goals are? And and yeah. when when do you need to change the goal? And when do you not need to change the goal? But you do need to set a whole lot of interim goals in between, and you know. Yes. But right. you have to be able to deal with failure. And if it's just about cheerleading, we're not doing anybody any good. But so to help people deal with failure and to say failure isn't the end. Failure is a step along the way to success and how do we help people understand that also. Um, And yeah, so that I always say we're strengths-based. We we elicit people's strengths, we pull it out, we we hold a mirror back to people about their strengths. But a failure is a part of that. Strengths-based doesn't mean that we don't fail. Yep, right. And well, so then I try to model that too, and oh my God, is that hard? Because I sh- I don't want people to see when I fail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and the big thing is, 
I mean, as canoe trippers, we go on some trips and you're just like, oh, man. But you know what? And, and that's exactly it. How you get up and, and you just keep going and going and going. And eventually, yeah. you know, yeah, there's going to be times where you don't have that support. But because you've had it in the past, you know what you can do, the steps you can take to get you through. And exactly. I think that's where you, you really show it's all come together. It's, you know, it's the small steps. Instead of saying the next goal post is my goal, which sometimes seems insurmountable, you say one more step. Exactly. One this more step. I just have to keep moving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yes. most of the young people we work with, life has not dealt them an easy hand. Right. Right. And so there's a lot of that of just having to keep putting one foot forward, right, in front of the next and having to adjust plans because a plan doesn't doesn't work it falls through yes. and so then what's your next move i mean that's true for a lot of the folks in cat vc don't you think yeah but i think failure also like teaches other people like how like what not to do kind of correct and i Learn think i have like mistakes. the biggest example of that um i was coaching in door county and i was demonstrating a wet exit Okay. And so we had always talked about the importance of making sure that little loop on your uh, skirt was out. Yes. And when I went under the water, I did not check to make sure mine was out and it was tucked in. Oh, no. And I could not get out. But they thought that I was, like, doing what they were saying, what we were talking about, which yeah. is taking your time under the water and... <laughs> You know, getting a feeling for the how patient she is. Exactly. <laughs> and really, I just couldn't get out. And I I remember I was panicking. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just couldn't think. You know, like I couldn't think. I was just trying to get out. Yeah. And so I lift my head up a little bit and was like, <gasps> and then that's when the coach who I was helping assist, she started running over. <laughs> and then um, after that, I like kicked my, by the time she got to me, I was able to kick my way out. Okay. And then I like, I got up very slowly because I was so embarrassed because yeah. I was coaching. Exactly. And yeah. I was able to say, I made a mistake. And this is what I did, and this yeah. is the danger of doing this. You yes. know, because what if, what, what if I wasn't able to actually, you know, kick, kick my way? And out. if you weren't right. in such a controlled environment, and yes, right. you exactly. you had a lot of safety exits, what backups and stuff. But if you're out, out on a lake somewhere, you may not have that backup. So and it's it's a good lesson that you learned yourself. Yeah. I say, like, oh, that tag is going to be out next time. I need that pole strap. Exactly. <laughs> to have the presence of mind to be able to turn around and say that to her students. Yeah. Yes. So that they got to actually see it. This is an example of what not to and do. And so then they exactly. learned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when we debriefed, you know, when we were done and stuff, and they talked to like we were going around saying what we learned what what worked for us and you know different stuff like that and a lot of the women said that was an eye-opener and um it was very scary um to see that you know for everybody we all, we all thought that you were just demonstrating and blah blah, blah and i was just like yeah and i just had to have this like <laughs> smile on my face and you know like just say yeah that that's that's why you always make sure you know just be this positive person but deep down i was like you're so what stupid happened? like what are you doing you just messed up in front of all these people and, 
But like, I was able to, you know, not show that I was Exactly, exactly. And, and to become, after that, and be able to get out and do more coaching is a big thing as well. Yes. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I did do more stuff after that. Awesome. <laughs> the so, next day, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a symposium. Yeah. Right? Get back on the horse. Right. You have to. Yeah, yes. Some of the to. same women were in my class. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, see what she does today. <laughs> you know, and that's it. We'll, we'll do dumb things. I mean, even after 30 years of canoe trip and we'll do yeah. something stupid. And then the next day we're just like, yeah. Yeah, I But did you that. know what? Yeah, show Five, me someone six years who doesn't down do the, dumb down stuff, the road, right? you're, you're sitting there. You remember the time you did it? Oh, man, that was so dumb. And you'll laugh and you'll laugh. Yeah. And I mean, you're telling the story today. And that's exactly what it becomes. It was a learning experience, and people probably learned from it. But you know what? Afterwards, you can say, you know what? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's that, important. That's a huge thing. It's very important. Yeah. It's important yeah, yeah. to share. Yeah. When and where I work, we call it operational experience. So this is something that happened. Share that far and wide, because yep. you might be saving somebody else out there who yep. is unaware that that's a lesson that they have to learn, yeah. and they've learned it from you instead of making the mistake and learning it themselves. I, I mean, it's the same thing when there's a big incident, right? Yeah. The way, what has to happen after there's a big incident is to do a good incident report and to share yes. how, you know, the, the, the steps of what went wrong and then the what lessons learned and, and what to do different and that should be shared as opposed to hidden. Exactly. Because everybody can learn from that yes. and it can help right. keep other folks safe. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're, you're really on to something, like I say, and it, it's Thank really you. nice to be able to, like I say, get, get you in here to, to chat. Awesome. And uh, so the Chicago Adventure Therapy yes. website? Uh, www.chicagoadventuretherapy.org. Okay, and you can, you're talking about looking for money. Yes. And that's on that website. Yes, there is a donate tab, and you can, you can donate right there. Perfect. Yep. So, Andrea? On, Andrea. 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 Yep. <laughs> Brianna? Yes. Thank you guys yes. for coming on here. Thank you. Good luck in all your future coaching and endeavors. Yes. And good hopefully luck. your your uh, cat keeps on going. Thank bigger, you. <laughs> bigger and better. That's what I hope to. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. So that was our, the first, actually this is episode one of two. Yeah, part one of two. That we recorded at the Quiet Water Symposium. That was, uh, that was, it was quite the weekend we had there. It was quite the event. It was, uh, I was exhausted after that. It was, uh, it was a whirlwind. It was, uh, I think it's all the, uh, the interviews and just, I used my brain too much, man. Is exhausting. Brain, my brain. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just trying to keep up with everybody between trying to interview people, trying to get everybody over for the interviews, and yeah, set them the up and stuff like that, and, and then talking to people about our show, meeting new people, and all that is, uh, yeah, just nonstop. Yeah, didn't yeah. know which way to turn sometimes. But it was it was rewarding. It was. I I can't wait for everybody to hear part two. 
Yeah, it's well, you know what, and uh, we got a whole bunch of new listeners. Yeah, uh, people were asking what it was about, and they're like, "Wow, that sounds really good." So, and I've noticed there's been a bit of a spike in yeah, our yeah. listening this past week, and yeah. our followers and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Well, I thought it was funny. I had a conversation with Cliff Jab- Jacobson, and and he's like, "How have I never heard of you guys before?" It's like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> we seem to have totally <laughs> skipped to North us. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we totally skipped North America. We went just worldwide. Yeah. first. So no, that's, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was well. It was nice to get Jerry uh, Vanderer and Lacey oh, Carpenter that was awesome. in the booth. Yeah, and uh, Andrea Nepper and Brianna Haynes. That was really cool to hear about what they're doing down yeah. there in Chicago. Um, it, you know, it, it was a, it was a bit of a learning curve for us to do the recording part of it. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe when we get uh, more used to doing these mobile things. Yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Saying, uh, a lot today. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I'm coming down with this <clears throat> bug thing in my throat yeah. here. And yeah, so we spent a lot of time talking to people, uh, meeting a lot of new people, even after the show, when we went all went out for, for dinner there and a couple of beverages, it was nice to sit down and chat with all these different people that we've never met before and, uh, talk canoeing and paddling and everything like that. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. It was uh, it was rewarding. That, yeah. That's all. I, that's pretty much how I can encompass it. Yeah, well, and it really was. So, we'll uh, we have three other interviews for next week's show. So you'll have to pay attention to that one and uh, tune in and hear those. Uh, do we want to drop hints about what it's about? I don't know. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to tune well, in. Well, I, I guess I could say that uh, it's seven days away. And it's another hour and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> and that's all I'm saying. That's all we're saying. <laughs> anyway, so that's this week's show. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. We'll um, be more, like I said, hopefully we can do this sort of on-site thing again. And uh, I know I'm heading to Canucopia this weekend. Yeah, see so what So in two weeks, I yeah. should have a whole bunch of interviews to yeah. from there. I'm copping out. I'm not going. <laughs> ah, lazy three three shows in three weeks yes and this one's uh includes a 12 hour drive yes each way that's 12 and a half hours nuts. each way it's gonna be fun road trip buddy road trip <laughs> it's gonna be a stinky vehicle <laughs> there's windows <laughs> roll them down anyway if you want to find out more about us you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com you can find us on facebook twitter instagram uh you got a couple of youtube things happening there Oh, and speaking of, if you go to our Facebook page and scroll down some, you'll find some of the uh, Facebook live posts we did with Jerry uh, playing in our booth and playing at the bars afterwards and and whatnot. Uh, You can find this episode on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and the episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com, along with 159 others. (laughs) So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.